I'm Chance Storland, and welcome to the Oink Only in Korea podcast, brought to you each week by KoreaFM.net, an online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula. I'll be joined here each week by Travis Hull, the man behind the Only in Korea Facebook group, and soon-to-be website and some other services. He's trying to create an empire. Today, we'll be discussing the history of Korea's most controversial Facebook group. I'm throwing it out there, Travis. I think it's the most controversial Facebook group, as well as the recent Family Guy episode that took place here in South Korea and North Korea's recent test of a purported hydrogen bomb. So, Travis Hull, thank you for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a little bit early for a Sunday, even though it's 1240 in the afternoon right now. It still feels a little early. Yeah, you sound like you had a late night. You were out in HBC and uh, you enjoyed some comedy, the comedy offerings of, I'm guessing, expat comedians. But there are a few comedians uh, that are either ethnic Koreans or like Gyopo that uh, do uh, comedy in English. So you were out enjoying them. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of an expat it seemed like a lot of the comics had been in Korea uh, longer, so they, you could kind of relate to the, they were kind of playing to the crowd. It seemed like the people who had been here a while. Well, speaking of people who have been here quite a long time, you've been here a while. And uh, while you've been here in South Korea, you're an American like myself. We're both from a rural area in the Midwest, so you know, go Midwest, people get out. And you created Oink only in Korea here a few years back. So why don't you tell me about it? Why did it get started? And what does Oink do? What purpose does it serve? Yeah, I created the group in, I think it was 2014 um, in the summer. And initially, I created just to kind of share like funny memes um, with my friends like who were in Korea. So initially we had like 300 people. Um, and I left the group open and then it just grew and grew. And now it's it's almost self-sustaining with people posting news and articles or memes or, you know, funny pictures that they take here in Korea. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of it's it's got about today. We just rolled over. We have six thousand six hundred and one members right now. But unlike when you first started the group, it's now locked. You have to be pre-approved to join uh, Oink only in Korea. And it's not like the Wild West. There is some, I guess, there are some rules going on. You have moderators. People sometimes get removed from the group. Uh, people maybe get shamed based upon what they post and they decide to leave the group. So talk about that. How is it managed? Um, we have currently, I think there's like five or six of us doing admins. Like some of us are more active than others. Um, initially, I put my friend from the States as an admin. He really wasn't doing anything except for adding people, but I kind of put him there in case I, um, you know, in case I ever lost my Facebook account or whatever, I'd have someone to reserve the group. But now we kind of have a team of at least four people who are kind of active with moderating it and make sure, uh, you know, make, making sure that people follow the rules in the group. And so what are the rules of only in Korea? Obviously it's kind of a bit of a jest as in like, you know, we live in Korea and these are some of the, you know, odd things or difficult things. And sometimes they're positive things, but often case, oftentimes they're not. Um, so what, what does one do when it comes to rules, when you're kind of, you know, poking fun at a few things about Korea? Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard, but we kind of, you know, we welcome people to post their opinions about Korea. Um, no, but we do, there's like in, in, if you read the description of the group, when you join, it says, um, everyone is welcome to voice their opinion, regardless of identity, politics, ideology, religion, or agreement with other community members. So basically we let anyone, uh, allow them to voice their opinion, but we don't allow people to hijack, troll, 
uh, bait others emotionally, you know, that kind of behavior. Um, you know, there's probably, there is some sexism that gets through. We do have two female um, mods who kind of watch for that. Um, certainly, you know, like we try not to tolerate racist opinions like that'll get someone. You try to not. <laughs> just, a, just a little bit. You try not to. <laughs> no, I mean, well, at the same time, it's like hard to watch, you know, if there's sometimes there's a lot of discussions i mean people post you post things all the time like piece you know different oh interesting news this interesting news that people post like photos you know this happened to me or like i saw this in my facebook feed and so there's a lot of stuff going on Uh, i i've i've had to readjust like my settings like every time someone posts or like everything that just i post on i get the notifications or just my friends because depending on the day depending on you know whether or not north korea tests this reported, you know, hydrogen bomb, it can be a quite, quite a lot of comments. So it, it, it's a very trafficked, well, whether or not there, there's a ton of people visiting it, at least a certain amount of people are constantly posting on it. Yep. Yep. There's pretty much 24 hours a day. If you come, if you go to bed at night, I mean, there's sure to be someone up either in the States or in Europe or even in Korea, some night owl that will post articles, videos, memes, whatever, while you're asleep. So sometimes that stuff gets missed you know, cause all of the moderators have to sleep at some point. So wake up in the morning and there's like, you know, like a shit storm going on in one of the threads. Um, just people fighting or bickering and you know, that kind of stuff gets people. That's how they get removed from the group. Basically are posting advertisements, you know, ads, spamming, that kind of stuff. So some things that have come up within the last week or so, um, one, because it was, Kind of funny. Uh, didn't get everything right. That was a family guy, but I thought, you know, did a decent job of kind of describing at least maybe from a Westerner's perspective of, of what things uh, appear like, what they are like here in South Korea. We'll discuss that. But there's also been, <laughs> speaking of a troll, um, North Korea has been testing uh, its nuclear capabilities. So uh, those will be the two topics that we're going to talk about. But let's go for the the fun one, the the more one that you can just kind of have like a nice conversation about family guy episode. So we're going to have a couple clips from this, uh, this episode for anyone who's not familiar with family guy. It's a fat white guy, white family, um, from, I believe, uh, are they supposed to be in Rhode Island? Yeah. They're somewhere in the I Northeast. Think they're on the East coast. Yeah. New England. And, uh, you know, stereotypical new England type of stuff, but they, 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 you know, they do everything. They talk about politics. They talk about culture. They kind of make fun of everybody. And family guy is known for random jokes. So it might not even make sense, but this episode, the whole plot took place in South Korea. And you might ask why? Well, one of the main characters, a guy named Quagmire, turns out he's lived in South Korea in the past. Let's listen to that clip. It was a Korean soap opera that I was in. Yeah, back when the Navy had me stationed in Busan, I saw an ad in the paper for guys over five foot four, and I was the only one who showed up. Next thing I know, I'm on TV playing a guy named American Johnny. Holy crap, Quagmire, you speak Korean? Nah, not really. They just told me how to sound the words out phonetically. Quagmire, give me the last tape. Sorry, guys, there are no more tapes. It was 20 years ago. We shot out of order. I I never even knew what I was saying. I didn't care. I was living the life. Just banging chicks and eating cabbage, you know. Great. So that's uh, basically the gist of the episode. Uh, Quagmire is an old Navy guy. He apparently lived in Busan, which is uh, one of the port cities here in South Korea. It's like the number two city. Um, Seoul is basically like LA, Chicago <laughs> and New York. And I guess, I don't know, Busan would be like a, uh, 
Miami or something. Um, and so serving in the military, a lot of military here in South Korea, though most of the people that I know tend to be English teachers, though I, I do know uh, a decent amount of military people. And there, of course, are opportunities for both. People who are in the military here can spend their time in Seoul or in Busan, you know, their free time off base. But people who are teaching, they might live in Seoul, they might live in Busan, and they can do television. And uh, I have a lot of friends who have done TV here in South Korea. Um, I've actually done a TV show myself. It was, oh gosh, more than a year ago. I just did a small thing. Uh, I went to like an island and a crew came with me and a bunch of other foreigners. And it was basically just like, wow, white people walking around a Korean island talking to Korean people. But some people do Korean TV shows that are shot in a studio and they're discussion programs. Other people do acting on, um, there's this one show that does reenactments um, and they hire a lot of foreigners to play the foreign parts. So this is something that's pretty normal here in Korea. You don't have to have a background in acting or have a background in TV. They'll just like, you know, throw maybe a hundred bucks at you and you'll shoot something for 10 hours a day. I mean, you know, people have done this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a typical situation that foreigners find themselves in. There was actually a film that Gus's a popular feeling wrote about a few years ago, like a 1980s film. And I think the, the actor there were some American soldiers featured in it. It was like a really cheesy, you know, Itaewon. I guess, I guess it was kind of like one of those films that makes Americans look like drunken idiots, but it was like a cheesy eighties, you know, B movie. <laughs> that was, that was no a movie that made all the Americans look like idiots. Well, it was a B movie. Well, so this, this, uh, this show that uh, Quagmire is on, if you watch the family guy episode, like it's, it doesn't look like the greatest. So, um, we hear him in the clip speaking Korean, but as he said, he couldn't really speak Korean. He just was phonetically told what to say, didn't understand what was going on. And he doesn't remember how the show ends. It was like 20 years ago. They shot it out of order. Once again, he didn't know what was happening. And he said something like, quote, just banging chicks and eating cabbage. So this is the premise of the show. Uh, as we find out in the next clip, they're going to come to South Korea looking for that last episode. But something I want to talk about that, uh, you know, was the quote that he just gave, banging chicks and eating cabbage. Um, this is a stereotype that happens here that like, you know, Westerners come here and just have sex with uh, Korean women. Um, and this has actually been picked up by the Korean media from time to time. But at the same time, like many stereotypes, there's a little bit of truth to it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a stereotype. So this is something that happens. It's, it's very true that uh, specifically white Western men date Korean women. I myself uh, have a Korean girlfriend. We're hoping to get married here in a couple of years, but it's very stereotypical. Yeah, I think it, it generally the stereotype pretty much holds true, especially for guys who are coming here, you know, and they're 23 or 24. They're just going to right be, out of college. Yeah. I mean, so it's like a continuation of college. So they're going to go out and party in Hongdae and uh, Itaewon, you know, and, you know, sometimes, yeah, that's, that's basically true. And a lot of guys will meet their wives and stuff without drinking and without drinking. You know, but the, <laughs> Some guys like, will meet their wives without drinking. I, think I, had, I had a friend who met his wife in, um, in Hongdae and just one of those, what, what's, what are the bars by FF, like go-go bar or something? Is that what it's called? Yeah. There's a lot of bars in that area. Yeah. Anyway, he met his, met his wife there, like at one of those. Um, so yeah, I mean, that stereotype I think does hold true sometimes because there's young guys here that are, you know, fresh out of college. And there's also like, it takes, I think it takes two to tango though. Like you have also that, uh, younger Korean women who are interested in meeting foreigners who are going out, you know, in Itaewon and Hongdae. It's interesting that expression, it takes two to tango because you don't see a lot. I, I have friends who have been in the opposite position 
but you don't see it so much where it's a Korean guy dating a foreign woman, or if you will, the stereotypical, you know, white guy dating a Korean. So Korean man dating a white girl, you see it sometimes you don't see it all the time. I think, I think that's happening. I think it's happening more these days though. Like I had a, a friend who runs a soul hiking group. We're not really friends. We're just friends on Facebook, but he runs. Soul hiking group. <laughs> I don't recommend this person. We're not really. No, friends. no, no. I mean, he, I'm sure he's a fine, like he organizes hikes and stuff, but I saw the other day he, he's basically friends with like every expat in Korea. Uh, I think his name is, I, I can, I probably can mention his name to give a promote to his business or whatever he does. I think it's Warren Kim is his name, but he, I recently posted a picture of him and it looked like he'd married a uh, white Western foreigner. So you do see it. I think you see it more and more these days. Touche Warren Kim breaking the stereotype. Yeah. So you see, I think you see it more and more and more these days than you might have maybe, you know, 15 or 20 years ago in the 1980s. You know, in the 1980s, it was almost exclusively like what, what the error era of the family guy episode, it probably was a little more exclusively like Western white guys or Western foreigners dating Korean women. But now it's, I think that's even changing. Yeah. Well, just like everything here in Korea, you know, you might've seen a little bit of it, but in the past, and then it changes very quickly. Let's jump here into our second clip from this recent family guy episode that took place here in South Korea. Holy crap. Quagmire, you're famous here. So Jim, I've waited every day hoping you would return. Hey, can we watch that last episode of Winter Summer now? Why would American Johnny leave Korea? He had everything. Why would he ever want to go home? Okay, Quagmire, let's go home. American Johnny never should have left. It was the only time he was ever happy. I'm not going back to Kohog. So, as we heard, um, Sujin, the girl that he sees on the streets who recognize him, She's his old love interest from this winter summer show that he uh, played American Johnny in. Um, he meets her. She has the extra film. So Peter and the rest of the guys are very excited. They go to her home. They watch the film. They're crying. They say, why would American Johnny go back home after, you know, all the things he's experienced in Korea? He had such a great life here. But then they say, okay, let's pack it up and let's go back home. Quagmire disagrees, says he never should have left and he's not going to leave now. And this also is somewhat very, st- uh, very stereotypical. A lot of people that come here, I found, um, they kind of find a lifestyle or they have some creative time. You know, maybe they can be in a band or, you know, they can go hiking. They can do some things that they weren't able to do back home. And so while they might not like their job, a lot of people kind of have crappy jobs here or, you know, a lot of people maybe don't want to be in the military, but they are in the military for one reason or the other. If they leave, they lose all the things that they have here. So they kind of put up with it. Um, his situation didn't really get into that. He didn't talk about having to put up with stuff, but all those things that he had here in South Korea, he lost when he went back home. So now that he's back here in the country, he doesn't want to leave. Now, Travis, as someone who's been here for quite a long time, myself, I've been here a little bit more than two years. I think we both can kind of understand the situation. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you don't make as much money as you would say. Some, I, have, I have friends and relatives who are about my age who make, make way more money and have benefits. But you're also afforded a lot of free time by living in Korea and almost with every job here. Um, you know, this January, I'm basically, I'm barely working in January. I'll start up, I'll be working pretty hard again, you know, come February and March, but right now there's basically no work, you know, so you have a lot of free time to do creative things. Um, and people kind of get addicted to that or they enjoy, you know, they enjoy that time so much that they find it hard to give up and go back to like a nine to five in the States or wherever they're from. What are some of the things that uh, have gotten talked about or get posted in the Only in Korea group that 
you know, are either posted because people are like, oh, this is a great way to spend your time. Or they're like, oh, my God, I had no idea this existed. You mentioned uh, hiking is really popular here. Korea has a lot of kind of like smaller mountains, nothing Rocky Mountain-esque. But like, you know, you, it's a decent hike. And some of them are, are actually pretty you know, difficult depending on your body size, your body shape. What are other ways that people spend their free time? Um, you know, that's one, that's one kind of problem Korea suffers from is there really isn't, I mean, the way it's set up and the way people spend their time, there really isn't, you kind of have to develop your own hobbies and interests because there really isn't much, you know, there's, there's nature when, when the weather permits or when there's no pollution where you can go to the park, you know, there's enough parks in Seoul nowadays. But um, besides that, you know, a lot of people spend their time like eating and drinking. So you kind of have to develop. <laughs> no, those are activities, too. So what are the places people eat and drink then? That's I mean, a good they, question. That's true. People do it. But it, there's a huge focus on like, um, you know, the nightlife or drinking alcohol here. So if you don't develop any hobbies aside from that, I find that a lot of people that's like expats, too. You know, they'll spend their time doing that uh, more than you might even back in the States because it's just it's sociably more acceptable here. Well, not only is it more acceptable, but you have that extra income you're talking about. You make more money than maybe you're making back home. Um, And while in the past, Korean beer has been horrible and Korean beer is still really bad now um, for a country that drinks so much. It's really odd how bad their beer is. But uh, as I'm sure you were out uh, in the HBC area last night for comedy, you were probably drinking some craft brew or something that was imported from Uh, a finer country. No, to be honest, I was drinking, uh, we were drinking, what was it? Um, okay, we started the evening with a round of costs, and then we ended it with two Red Rocks, and they're all Korean beer. They're the cheapest thing on the menu. It's like three three 3,500 won. Well, I guess maybe because you're not working right now. Maybe that's why you decided to not throw down the money. Well, no, it's, sometimes I will. Like earlier in the day, I had some, um, I went to the Rye Post, and we had um, drinks there. And I think they, they had a winter solstice from a brewery in California. It's like nine bucks, but... Okay, there we are. Um, there we are. So that's you know, an example. Yeah, you do see that more too. But it's it's spendy. It's more spendy to drink alcohol like that in Korea because it's all imported. There is a small, you know, microbrew scene here, um, which is really developing a lot, but it's still spendy. It's like maybe $5 versus $3 um, when you're out drinking. And that adds up, you know, if you go out, um, you know, very often. But at the same time here, no matter what you spend on beer, you can always, I mean, there's always soju. It's like a dollar fifty. I mean, at a, at a bar, it's more expensive, but there's like uh, convenience stores everywhere. So you can get like a dollar fifty soju. I like Mockley, which was featured in this uh, episode of Family Guy. Peter drinks Mockley. Um, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but uh, it's about as cheap as soju. Yeah, I, th- I think you can get like a liter of Mockley for probably less than a dollar still. Oh, really? Yeah, I think you could find a huge, like if you went to one of the local marts, the biggest bottles are usually really cheap. I think probably maybe over a little over a dollar, be like a dollar, a dollar ten or something. Well, I guess that's the next step of alcoholism when you start buying liters of Mockley at the mart to uh, to avoid the price gouge. Yeah, you have to go to a supermarket. That's where they sell. That's where they sell it cheaper. If you just buy it from the, the mini mart, it'll probably be over a dollar. And I think they carry like one brand, you know, whereas the, the supermarket would carry like, you know, five or six brands of Makali. And so speaking once again about this uh, second clip that we heard, you know, why would he want to go home? Quagmire's line, you know, because he had everything so much here. What do you think it is that lets people decide to leave Korea is that they finally get fed up 
with some of the things that get posted in the only in Korea group is that, that they decide, you know, they're going to go back and, and work in something else. Cause a lot of people that come here and teach English, you know, it's not their industry. They just do it. Um, what is it that finally says to people that I have to leave versus people who can stay here five, six, seven, ten 10 years. What do you think that difference is? I don't know. You know, I think to be honest, everyone probably needs a break sometimes. So even the people you meet who've been here, I've been here a long time, but I haven't actually, how long you been here, Travis, open up to me. Well, this would be my 10th year in Asia. Um, I'm in my 10th year in Asia right now, my, maybe 11th. I might be my 11th year of Asia right now, but at the same time, I probably spent, I don't know, maybe nine years or eight years in Korea because of the time I've been home and the time I, li- I lived in Cambodia for a while. I lived in East Timor for a while. So I did, you know, I take breaks. And I think everyone who lives here for a significant period of time needs those breaks. Yeah. And people kind of have that built in, though. A lot of contracts will give you like a flight here to Korea. And then if you resign, they'll give you a flight home and then bring you back to Korea for the next year, you know, as long as you fill those commitments those types of things so yeah and then a lot of people you know philippines is a a popular destination to go to people will sometimes even go to china japan is obviously just across the water so that's a an easy short break for people to take and a lot of people are doing that now during the holidays um some people don't have work and other people even have to work during january uh and february it just depends on your work situation so once again to get back here to family guy Quagmire has decided to stay in South Korea. He's not going to leave. And so the, the gentlemen that go with him, they decide, okay, well, he likes Korea. This means we can talk to him via the wonderful musical genre that is K-pop. So they decide to sing him a song. Your new romance has you lost in an Asian trance. So we're breaking the spell with a K-pop dance. Everything in this land is complete nonsense. Even worse, Kim Jong-un lives across that bank who wants to live in Korea. Their name sounds like gonorrhea. Random names of snacks now. Andy. Kohog. Marshmallow. <laughs> okay, so we just heard the song. Uh, that was cut up. It's a little bit longer than uh, 30 seconds, but I wanted to keep it short. So uh, some digs at Korea, making fun of its name, saying it sounds like a sexually transmitted disease. Uh, and then there's a breakdown of the song where they say random names of snacks now. So it's kind of just saying that K-pop is a bunch of dance, a bunch of flashy stuff, uh, you know, outfits, and then uh, just like random English or something like that. So as someone who's lived here in South Korea for multiple years, how do you think this represents K-pop? Is this somewhat true? Is it just a, you know, commercialized funny thing just for the episode what do you think about this i think it's i mean obviously some of the stereotypes about korea could be wrong in there but overall like if you're stereotyping k-pop i'd say that's pretty accurate and you know that's kind of one thing that gets a lot of play on oink is like what's the most extreme thing these girls are going to do next to like earn a buck you know know, this last couple weeks there are last week there was a, a case where a woman uh, the rookie group didn't wear underwear were performing while performing. That got a lot of play. So people, I think people like love to hate it. That's that's what I think. And the Family Guy episode kind of like um, exemplifies that. You know, it's like yeah, because they fell in love with it. Uh, it's I don't remember if it was in the clip or not, but at one point when Peter first sees K-pop, he's like, "What is this? And how can I make my life about it?" Yeah. So they make fun of it, but they fully <laughs> admit that people are really into it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's probably true. I mean, you get a lot of people like, um, 
you know, who aren't even Korean. I think they call them like Korea boos who like will follow K-pop groups and stuff. And they're not even living in Korea. You know, they're, are they just interested that that uh, is kind of a jump for a lot of people into Korean culture. It, it's not for me. It wasn't ever for me, really. Um, but it is for a lot of people. It's for a ton of people. When I studied Korean at a university for six months um, here, when I first moved to Korea two years ago, uh, almost everybody in my class was female. Almost everybody in my class was Chinese. And about all the women who weren't Chinese were Japanese. And what I gathered from speaking with them um, was that they came to Korea to learn Korean because they either liked uh, K-pop or they liked K-dramas, yep. Korean dramas. Yep. Yeah, and you get people who kind of accidentally stumble into Oink who are expecting that, and then they're totally disappointed when, you know, it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, they think that Oink is like yeah. a K-pop or K-drama yeah. group, right? I've seen those posts. And you're like, oh, sorry to disappoint, you know, but sometimes you'll let them go, you know, sometimes they'll stick around and kind of, you know, thrive off the other humor about Korea besides just K-pop, but some people, you know, specifically come there expecting that, and then they're, you know, sorely disappointed. Uh, we have one more clip that we'll uh, play here at the end of the discussion. But just in general, this episode, what did you think about it? Um, I thought generally it did a decent job of, I mean, it's making fun of Korea. That's the goal of the show, you know, because that's what Family Guy does. But generally, I thought that it was still somewhat of a positive view of Korea, given that this is, you know, in the context of Family Guy. They come here. Um, everything is flashy. I mean, it, when they first come to Korea in the airport, someone... Um, like takes out a giant cell phone and takes a picture of American Johnny and then the cell phone turns into a car and, and the person drives away. So, you know, it makes Korea look advanced, which compared to many parts of the United States, it is. Um, there are a few digs at Korean food in the episode that I didn't quite agree with because I love Korean food. It's one of my favorite things to eat. But when you first come to Korea as a foreigner, some of the stuff looks so different. You're like, Ugh, a little put off by it. And then also some of the flavors take some getting used to. So I completely understand why people might think Korean food is bad um, or might just be put off by it at first. And I think that's also displayed in the episode. And, you know, cultural differences come up as well. When Quagmire falls in love with this woman again and he lives with her, she lives like with her entire family and there's like all these people sleeping in their room. Now, that's obviously um, a generalization and it's really far to one side. Like if you live with your family, it might be like your parents or, you know, something like that as opposed to 10 or 20 people. But all these things, more or less, these stereotypes are rooted somewhere, you know, even in a watered down form in the truth. Yeah, I'd say that's that's pretty much true. I mean, they're they're obviously going to exaggerate things for TV. Obviously, I mean, especially it's a cartoon series. Um, you know, these days, I think, yeah, it's like there's you're you're at most you're going to be living with a nuclear family, and that probably wouldn't even happen. You know, that's I think a lot of older people don't want to live with their kids anymore either. So yeah, usually what it is now is they live with their parents before they get married or. If they can't get a job, as is the case with a lot of 20-something Koreans now, they'll stay at home, but not into adulthood. It's not like where I lived in Columbia, uh, you, you have multiple generations of families living together, and that's just how it is. It's not going to change. Yeah, Korea is not like that anymore at all, really. It's, it's more people living in single-family, you know, single-person households are with, you know, a small family. Even I think sometimes families, they'll live close to each other, but they don't want to be in the same house anymore. You know, it's just... It's, it's not uh, convenient for anyone in, when you're adults. So was this episode, you know, taking in all the good and all the bad? Was this a good thing for Korea? Was this a bad thing for Korea? 
just, you know, when this episode was released, I had a couple people send me messages who knew I live here in Korea, but maybe don't know what I do or haven't kept up with me. And they're like, oh, have you seen this episode? As if, you know, I haven't heard that there is an episode of Family Guy about Korea. And it seems more like a positive thing for them. Like, ooh, South Korea is on Family Guy. As in, wow, that must mean, you know, it's a at least a hip place or an important place for Family Guy to write about it. So what do you think? Of, is this a, a net win or a net loss? Well, I think, you know, any any sort of um, PR you can get as a country or a corporation is good, right? So you're getting, you know, even with this, uh, you know, this I sold you logo was yes. mocked. But because it was mocked, people, you know, they got more attention on Seoul. So even sometimes when it's negative, it can kind of turn out to be positive. You know, even though the family guy made fun of South Korea, at least it introduced Americans who might not know much about South Korea to the idea of South Korea. So I think that's like the kind of positive takeaway, even though, you know, you might meet some Korean nationalists who are going to be, you know, very upset about the episode. Overall, you know, I think anytime you can get people talking about your country, it's a good thing, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I still use a great example. Horrible slogan chosen in a very bad way. Didn't consult enough English speak uh, native English speakers because that never should have been an option to choose. But now that it has been chosen and uh, City Hall has been very strict about, you know, we're sticking with it and we're not going to go back or have another contest or anything. I got to tell you, the more I say it, the more I like I Soul You and People have picked it up, just like this Family Guy episode. People, a few people have contacted me and been like, "What's the deal with I Soul You?" We're like, they wouldn't have cared if it would have been something as good as like "I Love Soul." You know, if it had been something that iconic, they might have heard it a couple years from now, but it wouldn't have been on their radar at all. So, touche, Travis. Excellent example. Um, finally, before we move on to a different topic, talking about some negative effects of this, there was a part of the episode that was a bit odd and seemed kind of out of place and. And I admit it was funny to a certain extent, but I, I think overall it was just like maybe not a great choice. Let's listen to this clip. I'm Ashton Kutcher. Have you ever killed a dog while driving drunk and then been upset that there was no way for your car engine to cook it for you on the rest of the drive home? Just put the dog in the bag, place it over the engine block, and drive your usual 20 miles per hour over the speed limit. Dr. Lee's pet engine cookie bags are not meant for babies, but they can be used for babies. So, Travis, I'll let you uh, start with this one. I'll just say that I'm an Iowan. Ashton Kutcher is from Iowa. I usually don't like him, uh, but I want to like him um, because, you know, people are like, ooh, he's from Iowa. But, yeah, I don't. Ugh, this was an odd choice. W- what do you think about this? I, I think there was, like, several jabs at Korea there. You know, one one example, one ob- the obvious one is dog eating. You know, that still does happen in Korea. So it's kind of a... Yeah, that happens here. I, I've had dog in Korea. And so have I. I've eaten dog here, too. I, mean, it's not, I don't think it's horrible. Um, I'm not, a pro- you know, I'm not one of these people who's, like, going to be protesting that because you can't really speak if you're eating, like, pig every night or whatever. You know, it's, it's a form of meat. Well, but, but in all fairness, in all fairness with some of the protesting, I get that dogs are different than pigs and cows as in like as human beings we've accepted them into our homes and we have pets so number one i get that number two um some of the problems with the meat industry the dog meat industry here in korea is that it's not an industry it's all underground so if you make it legal it you 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 document it you have restrictions right like who who wants to drink milk that someone just gives you they're like, oh, I got this from a cow. But if you buy it in a store, it's a little different. So it's a complicated issue. Even if you're against 
the eating of dog, which I would say I'm probably against the eating of dog. I would say that it should be legal and it should be regulated so that it's safe and people aren't going to get sick. So sure, there's that entity that dog meat does exist yep. here. And in then Korea. the other poke I thought was, have you, you know, he starts off the clip asking, you know, have you ever, have you ever ran over a, a dog while you're driving drunk? And that is, you know, it, I, I was just reading a headline right here now from the Korea Times. This was from uh, the last month. Drunk driving causes one in seven car fatalities. So, you know, that is actually an issue in Korea. It's a, it's a big issue because there's so much nightlife and drinking here. And not only drunk driving, though, but I think as we've discussed before and has definitely come up in the Only in Korea Facebook group, drivers in Korea are not the best drivers in the world. No, they're not for the size of the country Korea is. It says, um, it says uh, 20, 25,980 uh, road death victims in five years. So, I mean, that's not a huge number. I mean, when you compare it to America, but when you compare the population size of Korea. I, I believe Korea has, if not driving fatalities, but pedestrian fatalities. So like people getting hit by cars, one or the other, if not both, are the highest rate in the OECD. So driving here is definitely not as safe as it could be. No, and you're, as a pedestrian, you're always on the lookout for you know people who aren't paying attention, who are probably mucking around with the you know some of the newer technology while they're driving. But it's yeah. it's more than that. Like I've driven in Korea, it, it's not the fact that people are bad drivers because bad drivers means that like you're unable to drive. Koreans, from what I've found, and I hate to say Koreans because, you know, you don't want to put people in a group, but my experience driving in Korea is that people know how to drive. They just choose not to obey the traffic laws. So they run red lights or they drive. I've been driving on the street and someone drove on the sidewalk to pass me. And it, it, it was just like weird, right? Um, so it's slightly different. We're like, if you go somewhere where people literally don't know how to drive and they just can't drive very well themselves, it just... People here choose not to obey the traffic laws. And because of that, I've said this for a long time. I think I'm going to get hit by a car in a crosswalk. Yeah, that could happen. That could happen. Cars don't stop when people are in the crosswalk here, which is once again, not a sign of a bad driver, but a sign of people not obeying the traffic laws. It's, it's more of the me, 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 uh, that seems to uh, kind of like, infect society here it seems like there's more of a me culture even though you know they say like korea is a confucius uh communal culture it's more really if you don't know the person and you are they not they're not they have no relationship with you they're not your family they don't give a shit about you you know that's that's kind of they you see that on the road and you see that when you're like in the subway so it's, it's just kind of a continuation of I, I think just kind of a cultural aspect of of uh you know the society here what was the baby part? Putting the babies in the bags and eating them? I didn't get that. I don't know. I thought that joke was kind of lame, actually. I didn't know. But, but, but did that have some base in something? I don't. I'm, I'm not quite sure what they were referencing there. Yeah, that, um, those were odd. Like, if it had just been about bad drivers, or if, which is an Asian stereotype, and, you know, that, that, that gets brought up, let alone South Korea, or if they had made something about dog meat, which, as we just mentioned, is something that gets brought up about South Korea. But yeah, babies. Ugh, that was a weird moment. And I'm surprised Ashton Kutcher did that. Like, he's a little older now and he's had some bad press from things he's like tweeted or said. And he like apparently cheated on Demi Moore or something. I don't know. That was a weird choice for him. <sighs> Family guys actually poked fun at Asian drivers before. Uh, you know, if you just search Asian driver on... Um on YouTube, you can kind of see that they they poke fun at that before, so that might have some, you know, reasoning why they decided to do that again. Or I'm not sure why they picked Ashton Kutcher to to do that commercial. It was just kind of a weird, 
what I did notice is what they, they're doing a lot now. They, even they featured, I think they featured Sisters, an like actual clip from Sisters' video. So it seemed like they were trying to kind of like use real people and mix it with a cartoon or something. I don't know. Odd choice. I yeah. don't know. That that was the part of the episode that's, that stuck out to me that I think could have been improved. But no, no. We'll see. Once again, this just happened. So we'll see if there's any like official reaction or... I don't know what 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 would happen from that officially, but we'll we'll see how people di- digest this as as time goes on. So the other topic that we wanted to talk about today, Travis, uh, I'll let you uh, kind of introduce this a little bit. Uh, North Korea has claimed to have tested a hydrogen bomb, which I believe this would be their fourth test of a weapon of mass destruction. So I believe the other three they've had have just been like atomic tests, and then this is the next level, the hydrogen bomb. Though there has been some differing accounts as to whether or not this actually was what North Korea claims it to be. Yeah, it seems like um, there's a lot of um, controversy surrounding whether or not it actually is a hydrogen bomb. Either way, you know, they've tested it. Obviously, they've tested like a nuclear weapon because they were able to create an earthquake, you know, like 5.5 on the Richter scale, which there's video up, you know, in China showing like classrooms shaking because of this. So it was obviously big enough to, you know scare a few people in China probably and to kind of get the world's at least the media's uh, attention back on North Korea. And so what what do you think this means then? It, obviously this is not the first and it probably won't be the last nuclear weapon test in um in North Korea. They supposedly I don't know it's kind of I can't even say what the relationship is right now because they had the landmine attack before that North Korea didn't apologize for but they expressed regret over what happened but then they have other issues that are continually being worked on that shows progress and then other times backsliding so I don't even know what this means in this in this complex relationship between the two Koreas I think I think there has to be some sort of ramping up of the pressure due to like internal politics in North Korea so they're having a big I think it's a party Congress meeting this year, but it's not a a typical party Congress meeting. I think it's like the first one they've had. I don't have the exact number of years on it, but in several decades, I want to say like three decades. It's it's like a first, it's like where I think all of their party members will meet in one place. I think that's how it works. But anyway, so there's some speculation that that could be um, one of the reasons for the ramping up of the rhetoric. You know, and of course it caused um, South Korea to respond by turning on these propaganda speakers yeah, actually, talking about K-pop. Yeah, last year, which caused them to, um, you know, fire across the border. Intentions were very high. So yeah, that was around the the time of the the landmine. It was after the landmine went off that they started the broadcast again. Yeah, so it seems to be about you know we're back where we were last. I think early fall, um, as far as tensions are, and you know, obviously a nuclear test is going to help um, lower the tensions. But either I don't think. The propaganda speakers are really going to help either. You know, it just seems to just a continual ramp up. And of course, then the U.S. will be doing their annual um, military drills with the South Korean military this spring. And that's always another time where, you know, things get a little tense because North Korea doesn't like these military exercises on their border. What have people been talking about in the uh, Oink Facebook group? But uh, this is something that you live in South Korea um, is normal for you in a way, not that they test a nuclear weapon every day, but the threat from North Korea is normal. So you don't, at least in my experience, and the people I've been talking to, both Korean or foreigner, you don't really think about it and you don't worry about it. But whenever anything happens, you get messages like, oh, is everything okay? So right when this happened, at first they reported an earthquake and then they said, okay, it's a possible nuclear device. And then they're saying, okay, New- North Korea tested 
you know, what has been called a hydrogen bomb. And now people are saying, okay, well, maybe it wasn't that, but it was a you know, nuclear explosion. Everyone always posts something on their wall. It's like, hey, friends and family back home, like, I'm fine. Don't worry. Everything's okay. Because people don't know that this is kind of like the norm here. And because it's a norm, no one cares about it. So I feel like that was probably reflected in, uh, in Facebook posts around this time in the Facebook group. Yeah, there, I would say probably, you know, one out of every four, one out of every five posts um, just scrolling through right now is about North Korea, um, our family guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah there, 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 are, there were quite a few posts. It seemed like the memes, uh, like the Kim Jong-un memes kind of made a comeback this week. So there are people like mocking Kim Jong-un. I think the New Yorker is the, their, their cover for the next issue is a picture of Kim Jong-un depicted as a baby playing with um, rockets. So, you know, the international press. One thing I noticed in the media this week is that, you know, anytime there's low tensions on uh, between South Korea and North Korea, the, the stories tend to focus on like more like weird offbeat. Like, look at how weird Korea is. And then when North Korea ratchets up tensions, it's more of the, you know, holy shit, North Korea is going to uh, start a war on the Asian Peninsula. And that's all you see for a couple of weeks until things get low, you know, slow again. And then it's more of. Oh, and it's back to like weird thing that they do. Companies Korea, like, that make their employees sit in caskets. Yeah, yeah. Or like that. Yeah. yeah. So there seems to be a cycle with the media even. But um, so this week, you know, it was kind of hard to find content for Oink that wasn't related to North Korea because that's all that everyone seemed to be wanting to discuss. But no one's afraid of it, right? Like I was just mentioning, <laughs> like no one's really like worried. I mean, I, I unless I'm way off. I would say that there, you know, obviously there's always going to be people concerned about the potential for war. Like, I don't feel I, you know, I'm right now I'm living right next to a military base in Korea. So, you know, if there's ever going to be a war, I'd probably die. But I don't feel that, um, you know, concerned about that either. It's it's you kind of lull yourself into like a sense of um, complacency after you live here a while because you see so many cycles of like a ratcheting up of tensions and then lower tensions of normal, you know, for a while. So it just kind of becomes a norm after a while. Um, and I think a lot of Koreans feel like that too. But at the same time, you know, you see articles that are posted by the, for example, the Air Force. I think the Air Force Times posted an article this week about how they're willing to evacuate, um, how they're willing to evacuate pets. Uh, no, the, the, the civilians uh, who are married to army people and their pets. And that got a lot of play. I think they got over like 300 comments uh, where people were, you know, like criticizing them for even mentioning pets. What are they going to do with all the Americans if there ever is a war? So there are people who do talk about it, you know, but they no one really realistically thinks that there is ever going to be a war. It's ever going to happen. And what, what were some of those comments? Because I know it's a little bit more uh, complicated than just pulling out pets because they have like lists of people apparently that would get pulled out. I think, yeah, I think there's priorities for who would get pulled out. I think, you know, first are the military uh, spouses and children, probably. I know that we, like, as Americans, we're eligible, but I think we're towards the bottom of the list. You know, <laughs> um, the pets might go before us, actually. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I bet it's a pretty good life being like a dog on a military base. Yeah. <laughs> they got everything on those military bases. They got, like, American fast food. They got movie theaters. They got the, the like, the grocery store. Um, man, they, they, yeah, they even have limits on like how much alcohol they can buy either week to week or month to month. I didn't even think about that, but I was talking to a military guy one time. There's like a certain amount of alcohol or uh, a certain amount of like beer. I'm sorry if I get this incorrect, but it's something like a certain amount of beer you can buy a certain amount of hard alcohol you can buy, but unlimited wine or something like that. Oh, wow. So like wine is like the go-to if you're <laughs> over your limit or something like that. So 
Yeah. Once again, I, I think that's it. I, 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 I hate I, to I be think quoted. I that's probably but... true. I think it's probably on tax. So it's a little cheaper than maybe even going to Costco for them. So there could be like, there's a chance for them to abuse that and make money. So that's probably oh, why they sell it to people. Yeah, right? no, and that's something yeah. that I, I've learned in a class I took last semester. That's something that's always existed since the American military has yeah. been here is that they'll form relationships with Koreans and they'll have this sort of underground market of uh, funneling, you know, goods from American military bases into the Korean market system. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. When I first came to Korea in like 2005, there was a place in Taiwan called the Red Door Store. And it seemed like every single thing that women was selling, it was just a shop with no, no signage was like, you know, slipped off the American military base and it was marked up, you know, 200%. It's like a giant metal can of peanut butter for like $40. Well, yeah, stuff like that, like stuff you wouldn't expect, you know, just you could clearly tell it was from the base. Uh, So someone was like buying a little bit at a time and just selling it to this lady and she was marketing it up, you know, 200%. Yeah. Capitalism. And once again, that happens probably in many countries, not saying that's only here with the American military in Korea. But, you know, when you have that situation of a foreign military and, you know, not their native country, that that leads to those types of things. So I think that does it, Travis, for this uh, first episode of the Oink Only in Korea podcast. Anything else uh, you want to add when uh, when is there going to be anything going on with Oink? Sometimes you guys have meetups. I don't, I don't know. We um, we did a Feed the Homeless event um, yes, you did. last month, and we still have some funds left from that. I think we still have like a million won to spend on that, so we'll probably try to plan. $1,000, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll probably try to plan um, an event, maybe if not for this month, uh, for early in February, maybe some sort of uh, Feed the Homeless event again, and then maybe we'll have... Maybe we'll do a meetup where we go out and drink again, too. That's always Feed kind of the fun Homeless to... slash drink meetup. Yeah. I see the poster now. <laughs> It'll only be cast and Red Rock. None of the good beer. <laughs> no, I, uh, we had eggnog at the last one. There's only a few of us. A lot of people came out to feed the homeless, but not very many people came out to drink. So, um, you know, that's that's fine, too. That's that's, that's not a, a bad takeaway from the a more important event was the one where more people came to. So. All right, so so Travis, how do people find Only in Korea? Just give a short description. Just search Only in Korea on Facebook, or you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash Only in Korea. Just spell it out, groups slash Only in Korea. Um, and I'm also planning a, to do a website that will kind of expand a bit on the group and hopefully um, feature some original writing from Korea. So that is another thing I'm planning for 2016. So I'll kind of look for that. But until then, um, check out the Facebook group. Once again, Travis Hull, the man behind the Only in Korea Facebook group. I'm Chance Storland. And Travis, I'll speak with you next week. Okay, thank you. Have a good week.